I do know for sure that I did buy peanut M&Ms and I did like a half hour later, I was like, well, I'm hungry again. Now that my stomach's empty, I'm just going to eat these peanut M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> and I just eat them. <laughs> Inside our pants will spew a stinky number two. You'll be crapping in your pants with me. Welcome back to the Crap in Your Pants podcast, hot in the middle of season two. My name is Ken. Hey guys, I'm Rob. And uh, this week, Rob, we got uh, our friend Bailey, who's joining us. Yeah, and um, so what's her deal? Uh, too much partying? Hungover? No, surprisingly, Bailey, uh, too many apples and being on a long road trip. So this one is, it's, it's a little bit more of the pure of heart situation not necessarily the you sort of deserved it situation so so this is one where an apple a day is a bad idea (laughs) with us today on our podcast we are very excited to have a fabulous humanitarian uh a, a good friend of my wife's cousin actually uh bailey it's a pleasure to have you with us today well thank you um, why don't you launch into your story and tell us what happened to you? All right. We'll just, we'll dive in. I'll set the scene. Um, it is a beautiful mid-October day in 2014. Uh, uh, it was gorgeous. Um, which makes the story just so funny. The juxtaposition of it all, of how it started out so beautiful and then ended up quite literally so crappy. Um, <laughs> I was living in Connecticut at the time and I had an aunt who lived up in Ithaca, New York. So I was going to travel four hours, mind my way up and around um, I-84 and go hang out with her for the weekend. And because it was an October day and apples were in season, I had two huge apples that were like the size of softballs. Like they were enormous, just juicy, delicious, and so much fiber for the digestive tract. <laughs> Had you gone to one of like, like a Connecticut apple field? Was it that sort of like, I'm going to go pick these apples myself? I didn't pick them myself, but they were from like a local shop that like partnered with like organic farmers and like a lot of sustainability, stuff like that. So they were, they were very real deal, you know, not just like your stop and shop apples. These were like chef's kiss apples. And and where in Connecticut was this? Uh, this was at the time I was living and working in Southbury, Connecticut, I believe. Um, so that's kind of central Connecticut, right? You said the I-84 corridor. Yeah, exactly. So, so I've got my apples, I've got my snacks, I've got like all my other things loaded up into my car. It was this little Ford Fusion that my sister nicknamed Philemon of all names. Um, and so I like jump in my car and I just start going and it's a sunny day. My windows are like half rolled down, like still like nice enough where like, it's not too cold. Like you can still like drive with like a little crack, a little breeze, but also have your heat seat around at the same time. Cause you know, temperature, it's gotta be just right. So I eat one of the apples and it was so good that I ate the whole second apple. So that was a lot of apple in one sitting. Yeah. Especially a big, like softball size one. Softball size, like very sizable. Like I think that was my lunch. Like I wasn't even hungry for anything else that I packed. I just ate these two ginormous apples and was like, this is great. I am on my merry way, you know, sailing on up to Ithaca. I'm like thinking of all the things I'm going to do. And, um, at a certain point on your way there, you pass like a rest stop and there's a sign next to it that says like, this is the next rest stop for like 45 miles. So like commit and get off or like, 
good luck to you on your next 45 miles. So it approaches and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going to take my chances. I feel I feel confident about my abilities and I keep going and I pass another rest stop and it says like next rest stop, like 45 miles. And I'm just like, no, I still feel good. And I think I was actually going to exit before that next rest stop. But either way, I still had a little ways to go, at least like 30 or 40 minutes still. And I'm winding around just this beautiful, you know, just rolling hills, leaves are turning, fall in New York. I mean, what's better than that? It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And then I just like feel this like rumbling. And I was just like, oh, man. And I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't like sound good, like audibly. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom. And and I don't know if you guys experienced this or not, but like, there's just like a moment where you accept, I think that you're like, oh, I'm going to go like now or like outside of my car or like something like you realize that maybe you're physically not able to like keep things inside. We've referred to what you're talking about as the bubble guts. The bubble guts. Yep, exactly. At what point does it go from just like, the rumbly, like, oh, I don't feel so good till this is going to be a problem. This is like disaster. Like you sense impending doom. Yeah. So I get like the bubbly gut and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel very good. Oh, I don't feel very good. And like with each passing minute, like every minute feels like a decade. I'm just like, oh, I really don't feel good. Oh, my stomach doesn't feel good. So I'm looking around and of course there's absolutely nothing. And um, (laughs) it's just this narrow windy road. So I didn't know if it was totally safe for me to just like pull over because everyone else is coming like pretty fast. I mean, I was just like, I don't know if I can like do this. Like, what if I get like hit on the side of the road and then I'm in the newspaper because I was trying to like poop on the side of the road and my teeth <laughs> come and they see my naked booty. Like, I'm just like, you know, just like total catastrophic thinking. And so there's finally, there's this place where I would get off and I always know that I got off and I would like refuel um, their like, I think it was maybe like a halfway point or I was like two thirds of the way to my aunt's house at this one point. And I think it was like this little town. It was called like Whitney Point. Something Point is all I know that it's called. Something Point. There's a cute little creek. It's like a one like stoplight town. Like there's a blinky stoplight and you get up to it and you turn left and there's a gas station that looks like an old house that just poured like a big old parking lot in the front, like slapped on two gas pumps in like the fifties. And they were like, this is now a gas station. Um, <laughs> like that was it. Like that, and that's pretty much like all I saw in the town. I think there was also like a junkyard and a post office, but like not much happening. But I knew that like this place was like my saving grace. I was like, I will make it there. I will make it to this little gas station. It was like an Exxon Mobil or something. And I'm just like, okay, like if I just think I can, like the little train that could. Totally. Like, I'm going to make it there. Like, if you tell yourself you can, you eventually make it, you know? Like, what else do you, like, tell yourself when you're running, like, a half marathon? You're like, I'm going to die doing this. And you're just like, no, I can do, like, five more minutes. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. As long as I move it to the next stage, I'll be okay. You'll be okay. Right. Like, you're just like, I just need to power through five minutes. And then you get to the end of that, and you're just like, I can power through five more minutes. So I'm, like, getting on the exit, and I just feel like, Thing, like an evil apple stew is going to erupt. So I just clenched my butt cheeks and my thighs to the point where like my butt was completely lifted off of the seat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like pushing my left foot all the way into like the floor of the car. I'm like still kind of like floating and like balancing my right foot to like accelerate and brake. And I see the blinky light and it is like my beacon of hope. And I really thought I made it. 
Like I really did. Like I just, I almost felt relief wash over me. I was like, the blinky light. I just need to make it there and turn left into the Exxon Mobil that looks like a weird farmhouse. And like, I will have made it. And like, I will not have anything eventful to say when I arrive to my family's home. I'm going to be able to pass this thing off. Everything will be okay. Yeah. I'm going to be fine. I was hopeful. I was hopeful, but that uh, as you will soon hear, I became very disappointed. So I make the turn and it's like, as I'm turning, I just feel like, just like sludge start running down my cheeks. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I pull in and I park and I'm just like panicked and I'm still, my butt's still like off of the chair. I haven't relaxed because I'm like, I can't get shit on my car seat. Like, what do I do? So I'm like, still like just up against my shoulders are like pushing into the top of the seat and the headrest. And I'm like, okay, just like think. And I remembered this gift my dad gave me. It was a stocking stuff for the Christmas prior. It was like a Swiss army knife multi-tool with like a bunch of like, I don't know, like tools and screwdrivers and like a mini pair of scissors and something. And I remembered it. it was like in my console. So I grabbed the scissors and I grabbed my backpack and I fish out a new pair of pants. And I walk in to this gas station holding, like, you know, something's really gone wrong when people walk in with like a Swiss army knife and like a pair of pants and they're like, where's your restroom? I really need one. <laughs> like, like something went so south on that person's drive. If they arrive, like, you're just kind of like, oh, like, I wonder what kind of like stuff they're into, you know, like you're just, you know, the guy was probably curious. You, yeah, you look, you look like an army medic. I know. You've right? got like, probably. you've got the whole, you've got the kit. You're like, I need to tourniquet something. I need yeah. to cut, you need to cut clothing. <laughs> you know, I just need like bandage up my leg. I got shot on the side of the road, but I mean, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. Let's see the bathroom. Where's the so, key? <laughs> the guy this guy's so nice though like he doesn't look at me weird or anything i'm just like where's your bathroom i really need your bathroom as i'm like holding like my tourniquet looking stuff and he's like oh it's actually behind here and i was like behind the cash register and he's like yeah sorry it's like this was actually an old house and i'm like no shit it's an old house it looks like a farmhouse that you threw two gas pumps on so he's like yeah it's actually back here so i have to go behind and then like weave behind this like glass like locked thing where like they keep the cigarettes back there and there's like this tiny little door and it's literally like a tiny like a half bath that you would find like in your grandma's basement like it's just like a little single stall with like this doorknob that like you punch in the lock like it's not secure really and there's like a toilet and like a little pink sink and that was it (laughs) so I get in there And I take off my pants and I like sit down and I like release the rest of like the apple stew. And I'm like, okay, like I made it. And like, I'm sure the guy's up there and like people, like it wasn't like a quiet, I mean, like, I don't think there was bathroom fan. Like I'm sure every customer going in there that's like, yeah, I want like 10 bucks on pump number two is like hearing just like an eruption (laughs) going on behind this counter. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm never going to love this down. I'm never going to be able to look at this guy. I have just like destroyed their bathroom. I'm sitting there and that's where I get out the scissors. And I just like cut off like my underwear and like my pants and I threw them in the garbage. I was worried if I took them off that 
like, what if like poop then like, what if I was going to like smear the poop like even farther down? I was trying to like contain the situation. Wow. Wow. Go on, go on. So, yeah. So I just like cut off the pants and threw them in the garbage. But but I was strategic. I took off like some of like the paper towels that were crumpled and like I pushed it down and then replaced the crumpled ones <laughs> to try to hide my evidence. Because <laughs> what if they found? I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I, you know, I was concerned. I was a little self-conscious. Not that I was ever going to see this person again in my life. I was going to make every point to like never stop at this gas station for as long as I live. It's almost surgical the way that you approached that situation, though. Like the cutting, like we've heard, we've heard of a lot of these stories, but Rob, I don't think we've heard a story of like cutting off the pants. Like that's 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 brilliant, and that's such a like a. It's one of two things. Number one, you have military training, meaning yeah. to say you've done this in practice. This you've practiced this scenario over and drilled it so that it's automatic. So once you're in like reverse plank, as you held reverse plank in the car while driving yeah. right yeah and then it was just automatic like you know sh- shears like like you know cutting implement fabric you know and then like the or you have this uh, a clarity that like some people panic and they everyone feels the same way everyone's mortified and nobody wants everyone wants to get rid of the evidence and and, and never confront the, the people they pass ever again everyone's in the same place but mm-hmm. you seem to have like a it, whereas others go foggy and panicky, you seem to crystallize your thought and your action very well. Oh, thank you. And it's very like sharpened, and it's almost like you, you you pull out some like some latent Jason Bourne skills. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. it sounds that precise. I. It well, sounds. Thanks. It sounds tactical. Frankly, it's a little scary. Technical. Yeah. I mean, I did want to hide the evidence. I mean, I wasn't. I certainly wasn't going to like bring it back in my car. Like, what was I going to tell my aunt? Be like, hey. I had an accident, not a car one, but like another kind. Can we use your washer? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I just hid the pants. And then I used like a paper towel and like soap and water and like cleaned off everything else. And then I just put on the other pants. And I mean, I was in there for like, kind of, I mean, like that takes like a little bit of time, you know? <laughs> yeah, this so isn't finally, a quick, like, like, I'm in, I'm out sort of no, situation. No, no, it's not quick in, out. Like, you know, like I had, you know, cutting, you know, with like the dinky little scissors was taking me a while. So I finally like emerge and the guy's like, everything okay? And like, I'm sure I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks. And I felt like so bad that like I spent so much time back there and like ruined his ass. <laughs> I bought like twenty dollars of like random snacks that like I don't know right. if I needed like eight. I was just yeah. like, I'll take peanut M and M's and this and that and um apples. Yeah, apple <laughs> apples. You know, Is that a bushel of apples. I just bought like a bunch of like random crap and I was like, all right, and I'm like, well, thanks. See ya. And he's like, okay, have a great day. And I like got back in the car and I like drove and I was just like, I don't know what to call it, but I, it was like, I was just like throbbing my whole soul from like embarrassment of like what had just happened. And I finally made it later on to my aunt's house and she was like, how was the drive? And I was like, uneventful. It's totally fine. Thanks for asking. And then she like, I'm pretty sure it was like, do you want to go like apple picking? And I was like, not now. No. And she's like, well, there's a great local orchard. I know the farmer. I'm like, I'm okay for now. Thanks. Just going to lay here with a glass of wine and pity myself. <laughs> and that was about the gist. <laughs> cue the, uh, cue the, um, 
What is it? Like the Curb Your Enthusiasm outro? You want to go apple picking? Okay. Wow. Wow. Fast. Wow. I love to tell the tale. At what point did you, like, we, you were holding this burden. Obviously, you weren't going to tell your aunt. You were still, like, no. embarrassed. You could <laughs> say you were as red as an apple, possibly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so at what point did you decide to, like, unburden yourself of this unburden story? Unburden myself. Man, I, I got to think of, like, the first time I told somebody about this. Um, it was probably a coworker. honestly. I was probably like, yeah, I, like show myself driving to my aunt's house but I do remember so we were learning actually henna and I were in a class together and we learned about this special type of diarrhea you can get that's very fatty that's from like a fat malabsorption issue and it's like explosive diarrhea and I was like speaking of explosive diarrhea and she was like what I'm like did I ever tell you I like shit myself driving to my aunt's house in New York and she was like what and I was like yeah it was crazy and it had I think just enough time had passed that I was like whatever things happen and then I was just fine with it I did tell my husband though one time and I just I, I'll like never forget like the look on his face. He was like, "You you did what?" And he's like, "Is that like the, that happened in the car that you you still have?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "It's a different one." I'm like, "My sister's driving it now. Having a good life out in Boston." He was like, "Oh okay." And I was like, "Oh yeah, car's been around the block. It's it's fine. It's fine." I'm a little uh, well. I'm first of all very thankful to you for sharing your story. Um, oh thank you. It's it's. I am never ceases, Ken, it never ceases to amaze me how new and innovative things we hear and learn. Like, (laughs) this is something that I would have never guessed. And, and, but strangely though, when she describes, describes her actions, I'm left wondering, wait, a lot of our previous storytellers had blades on them too, right? Some of them were outdoors folks. Some of them were like hunting or whatever. They were Similarly, if not better, in theory, better equipped for such act. And none of this came within the realm of possibility for them. It just didn't even, it wouldn't, and they might be listening to this going, duh, what, what was I thinking? Right? <laughs> what was I thinking? And, and so, which is, to me, it's kind of like, listen, I don't know if you ever have any curiosity about pursuing a career in like law enforcement or espionage, but... <laughs> You're demonstrating some very naturally inclined, like like field operate, uh, field technical skills here. Oh, thank I, you. That I think yeah. you know you, you'd be a good candidate for those. Oh well, thank for those you. Jobs. I'll I'll consider that maybe my next career. Just like apply for the CIA and be like, yeah, but you know what <laughs> I can do with a, a pocket be knife. Like, and... Listen, I've got what it takes. I've cut off my own shit covered pants in like a bathroom. I can do it. Did you? Bailey, did you take any lessons from this experience that you have applied since then of like never eat apples before a long road trip or or I'm going to always make sure I have an extra pair of pants wherever I am? I, I do actually keep a change of clothes in my car like all of the time now, um, partially because sometimes I'll travel for work, but also because I'm just like, what if I have to change my clothes? I don't know. Um, the apple thing, though, I have never again had two apples in one sitting. Um, I did learn that. 
I usually now actually just like cut it up into slices and I'll eat like half at a time because I'm like, what if this happens? What if this happens? Um, yeah, I do do that. <laughs> Try to time my apple eating around like times where I'll be like near a bathroom, not four hours driving in the middle of nowhere, you know, preferably, but mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of a panic the, the, when you described, because I know those roads well, and I know that mm-hmm. like the, those signs that have always kind of felt like a threat to me of like mm-hmm. 45 miles to the next. I still do that like equation in my head of like, okay, how many minutes, how many miles, how, many how am mm-hmm. I feeling? But like, I feel, but I always feel threatened by them because fundamentally it's like 45 45 miles, that's not actually that far away. Yeah, like, you'll make it. Has there been any adjustment when you uh, when you think about your road trips? Um, I do now actually make myself go to the bathroom at, like, every opportunity. Not every opportunity, but, like, anytime we stop and, like, get gas, I'm like, I'm going to go in and go to the bathroom, even if it's at, like, a McDonald's or, like, someplace. <laughs> I just always go. But also, when I travel by myself, I'll, like, if I'm like, oh, I'm like, here's a rest stop. I'm like, wonder when the next one is. I just get off and go there. To avoid another situation. Take advantage of America's rest stops. They are there for you. They are. They're there so that you don't have um, situations later. It's funny now. In the time, it wasn't. But like a lot of mistakes and things, you know, like you just give it some time. And then like in retrospect, you're like, you know what? Actually, that was kind of hilarious. Um, You know, and if you have ever, you know, pooped your pants somewhere, just like tell a friend or a colleague and they... They probably have to. You would be you would be surprised when you open up to someone what they will also share with you. Sort of the theme of this podcast. <laughs> Excellent all the way around. So Bailey, thank you so much. Yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you guys for your time. This week we're gonna revisit an old segment called Sponsor Idea Flush, Rob. Give, give us, us money. money. And this week on Sponsor Idea Flush, I don't think this would have helped Bailey that much, but I think Ziploc bags needs to hit us up for advertising as I wouldn't say it's preventative, but as something, put this in your car, put this in your glove compartment, just in case you shit your pants, we're going to be there for you. For some reason, I don't know why, but when you mentioned Ziploc bags, I I envisioned what like hikers and campers do, like, you know, like packing in, packing out um, their fecals, but, but you're talking about. You're talking about post-emergency cleanup kind of evacuation kind of stuff, right? Because I know hikers and campers use those big Ziploc bags to like take, handle their business, get in and out. Yeah. Like, I feel like that, that would be like a legitimate ad campaign beyond just like, keep your food fresh. Don't spread your shit everywhere. Here's a safe place to put your uh, dirty ass underwear. I think it's a massively untapped market. (laughs) <laughs> there's like zero ad dollars spent in that very in that space and look she ain't the only one to pull the reverse plank move while driving that's like yeah. a that's like a yoga pose that's like a pilates recumbent exercise in onto itself you, you try navigating accelerator and brake whilst like in reverse plank yeah that could be the ad even there's the person in the car like reverse planking in the seat then, then the car just stops and you just see their face drop and it's like ziploc will help you clean up. You could you could even market them in like specialty bags like for the car. Emergency pants shitter, boxer briefs, like yeah, you like know, G strings, yeah. you know, like like for various various situations, very un, various uh, underpanties combinations. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. I hear you. Um, for like like a mobile line, like a like a commuter, a commuter line, a commuter, <laughs> commuter uh, like line. A, yeah, like a commuter, like a, you know, a line of product that's for like you know automotive. I don't know, right? Yeah. Something what about like one for like if you're on a plane, like something where you really can't escape? There's something there, bro. <laughs> Zip, zip lock plane bag. I just had this vision of that scene from The Naked Gun where Leslie Nielsen says he's practicing safe sex and puts on a condom that's like as big as he is. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 there's just like people just rolling around these gigantic ziplock bags. Like, why are you wearing that? In case I have to shit my pants. <laughs> like, you know, there is a bathroom right over there. Hey, man. <laughs> I. <laughs> We'll workshop the idea. We'll work something out. We'll, we'll, anyway, we'll workshop it. Yeah. Ziploc, get at us. Give us money. We'll 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 put together a sharp ad campaign for you. Give, Give us, us money. money. I'm wondering if there's anything Bailey could have done different. You know, kind of touched on this earlier, but like with Bailey's story, she sort of did everything right. You know, there's so many times when we hear like, oh, I just I drank too much or I did this drug or I you know, ate the, you know, this horrible food and it just, I didn't plan for it. But like, genuinely, this is probably one of the first stories I've heard where it's like, there's nothing that she could have like done differently here. Nothing questionable comes to mind. Yeah. No, yeah, it was all pretty much, it's just bad luck. It it's just, just bad luck. Yeah. Sometimes, the, yeah. Sometimes it strikes like, sometimes it strikes like that. Um, it's the curse anyway. of uh, evil apple stew. The evil apple stew strikes again. Um, and so this week's Shard at the Devil. Shard at, at the Devil. Is, uh, we, you know, we will dedicate this to Bailey. It's a song by a band called Air, and it's called Biological.
Nice one. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a very peaceful song, very relaxing. Um you know, I guess I guess maybe it would help you calm down after you've gone through an incident like shitting your pants and kind of freaking out about that. Mm. Rob, any final thoughts on uh this week's episode? I am compelled to to I'm compelled to get my leatherman or pocket knife and practice. That sounds like a very practical skill that she demonstrated. Couldn't agree more. Well, I'm not saving I'm not saving the pants or shorts after that, right? So to her point, I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? I respect that she covered up the shitty pants and underpanties with with something just to like feel like at least you're trying to make it look like you gave a sh- you, you cared, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, no, that's like I said, she she yeah, she demonstrated clarity of thought. That was still a responsible move on her part, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, once again, check us out, crappinyourpants.com. Um, for the Crap in Your Pants podcast, my name is uh, Ken. And I am Rob. Keep shitting. Not that you have a choice. Inside our pants will spew a stinky number two. You'll be crapping in your pants with